school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association and the Wisconsin Athletic Directors Association. And good morning and welcome to Saturday in the studio and Miracle of Miracles, as they said in the old musical Fiddler on the Roof, Merle Kelch is in studio this morning. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning. Let's not forget, better not in debt. Uh, that was Fiddler on the Roof, too. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. That's, that's the only part I remember from the movie myself. All right. 715-845-2155. Today's a perfect day to get your financial questions answered. If and, you have questions. Yeah. And you know, Tom, it's a perfect time for people to call. You know, uh, we were just talking about this <laughs> as we're coming in, folks. I am absolutely dead tired, and here's the reason. We got the band back together last night. What does that mean? Uh, we just got our camping group. Had a great fire around big old plane. We're out there camping as our group. Next thing you know, it's midnight, so I go back to bed, go back into the camper, put my CPAP on. You're not a CPAP user. But, no. Um, Tom, if you can't sleep and you get a CPAP, you'll magically fall asleep all the time with the exception of one thing, and everybody that's out there that has a CPAP will know what this means. You're in the middle of sleep, and you get... Because yeah, your CPAP starts leaking. It scares the audio. Uh-huh. And you have to wake up, readjust your face. It, it just kept doing it last night. So, of course, then my alarm goes off at quarter to six this morning. You just you know feel like you hadn't slept at all. It's wonderful. So if you hear a nod on the microphone, folks, it's probably my forehead. Well, if that's the case, if you wake up in the morning and you feel like you haven't slept at all, uh, the idea of maybe not wearing the CPAP machine, maybe maybe sleep apnea would be a better option than doing than wearing the same CPAP machine. Yeah, that's way. right. Yeah, that, same effect. It has the same thing. Yeah. I, haven't hasn't there been an American company that's been able to invent a better CPAP machine yet? And you'd invest in it if they would, right? Well, I should invent it. There you go. You know, it, it'd be a wonderful thing. I thought of an invention last night, actually, that I think is one of the best. And some friends of mine said, "Oh, somebody already did that." I'm like, "Well, see how good it was." <laughs> Yeah, so, so there we go. So, folks, if you want to give us a call, 715-845-2155. We're here to answer your calls today. We're in the studio. First what? one in a couple of weeks, and we'll be for the next few, brother. What's the question you get asked the most by your clients, maybe new clients, maybe established clients? What is the question you get asked the most? Well, the biggest one is, is the stock market too high? And, and, and we talk about that one regularly on this program, folks. And, and the answer is, is there's never such thing as, is the stock market too high? Is, is the, where the stock market is, is it being... Um, supported by profits of the corporation and the company. And so I had the question even yesterday, and probably with some good friends of mine that are listening right now as we speak, you know, is the stock market too high? And that's never the question. Um, it's never the question, is the stock market too high? But again, is it supported? So if we look at the stock market as just nothing more than an index of the um, price of a, a collected group of stocks, for example, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is really only 30 stocks, and it's the collected value you know, based on some formula, of what those 30 stocks are. So if we look at it in the sense of those, those 30 stocks, um, what derives a stock price of one of those 30? And it's all based upon what's the profit that that company is able to garner or to establish or to make. So from that profit, there's multiples that go into it that says, here's what the stock price should be. And from that, there's endless models that are out there, folks. And so from it, they all come to a consensus what they think the stock price might be. Uh, Tom, you might think that uh, General Motors, and I'm not—I'm just using this as an example. You might think that General Motors is worth two dollars a share. I might think it's worth ten dollars a share. And between buying and selling, between you and I and everybody else, it's going to set itself at a market price. So if General Motors continues to keep making more and more money. It's going to do what to the stock? Drive the price up. Obviously, if it's losing money, it's going to drive the price down. Again, I'm just using General Motors as a name, and it's by the way worth much more than two or five ten dollars a share. So, so with it, you then take it collectively. So the companies continue to keep making money. It will therefore then continue to keep driving 
the stock price and the stock markets higher. So at some point in time, one of two things happen. The companies stop making money, the stock market comes down, or that the stock price runs up further than what the profit is for the multiples to generate that stock price. I was just going to ask you, because there are companies that, that uh, have a high stock price that keeps going up that don't make any profit. Uh-huh. And that's the ones that have a problem. And that's the ones that Merle doesn't like to buy. Do you, have, have you ever bought a stock that doesn't make a profit? Uh, I have, and I lost my can. But that's not a guarantee. I mean, if people bought, say, just use Amazon as an example. Amazon didn't make any profits for years. There's a different animal inside of here. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so if we have individual stocks that um, is a company that has promise of doing things and has a great prospect of how they're going to make profit coming into the future, but they're building themselves on and they're growing, they became public on investor dollars and money or put people are putting into the company, um, that's a different animal. Amazon, you could see, was going to make money because they were buying something at a low price and they were selling something at a high price. And if you looked at their balance sheet for a long time, they were taking any money or profits that they made and they reinvested it back into themselves and new products and goods. Well, that's fine. You can see that they're making money somewhere along the way, but they're reinvesting it. So the bottom line is they're not making anything, but they're going to continue to grow into the future. We see that sort of stuff happen pretty regularly. What kind of a crystal ball do you need to see that kind of stuff when you're looking at a company that's People not making any money? you and I. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's a different type of an animal. But when you get some of these companies that are out there and, uh, and they're, there's, they're not making any money, they went public, and their possibility of making no money is still zero, and you look at it and say, well, why are we owning this company? It's going up just because it's popular. Um, and so those are the ones that are so difficult to see. So in answering the, the question, is the stock market going higher? We have to look at, more importantly, are the companies underneath making money? Yeah, companies are making money in America right now. Um, uh, have they been continually making money through this pandemic? Yeah, the major companies are still making money, especially not the retailers, retail uh, investors out there or retail buyers out there in spending money. Um, we're going to continue to make money. How long? Well, we never know that answer, but at least I might have to say for you know next two, three, maybe even four quarters, the, the crystal ball looks like we're going to continue to keep having expansion in the, country, in the country, especially as we start getting more and more workers back to work, this last month notwithstanding. Um, but as we get more and more people back to work again, they start working, they start spending, and so we get this economic expansion, if you will, in a multiplier effect by people going to work, buying goods and services, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not too late for people who maybe uh, cashed out um, months and months ago uh, to get back in and still make a profit going forward. Exactly, yeah. There, I don't see any reason why that's not the case. The economies continue to expand. In fact, that was a conversation we had uh, where somebody said, well, I cashed out because the stock market's too high. Well, the stock market's not too high. The question is, is, is the stock price and business upholding where the stock market is? Remember, folks, um, ideally the stock market always keeps going up. That's what we want to have happen. The question is, is, is are the companies underneath that holds up that stock market, um, are they profitable to uphold the stock price in which they have individually and then collectively as an index? Or uh, Some sectors must be doing better than others. Retail is doing great. Look at Amazon, you know, uh, Facebook. Um, you look at any of these retail sectors, they're just off the charts right now. They're just absolutely fantastic. Um, um, I wouldn't say that uh, about uh, wood manufacturers, though they're making some money. They just don't have enough product that's out there. So um, we're hearing, you know, people now that have had, this is a joke, folks. You know, somebody had a sheet of uh, three-quarter-inch plywood, and you're willing to trade it for a new Corvette. <laughs> and, uh, the, barter, the barter economy, could that be coming back? 
Maybe, especially, especially for wood. Especially yeah. if you have trees on your land, right? Yeah, I'm half, uh, you know, I've got some land up north, and I'm thinking about hiring security just to protect the trees. You know, <laughs> Seven, and not for ecological reasons. 715-845-2155, that number to call here. Give us a call if you have a question about your portfolio. Um, what have you been looking at as far as value then uh, when you when you look at your own personal portfolio or look at a portfolio for a client where is the value? Is it in the NASDAQ? Is it in the New York Stock Exchange? Is it in companies that uh, are not? Are, I guess I've never asked this question in all the years we've done the show. Are there companies that are not on either the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ, publicly, publicly traded companies? Is there anything else out there uh, where you can buy a company's stock and it's not listed on one of the two major exchanges? Yes, there's, there's tons of them that are out there. Um, <coughs> and how do you buy those then? Uh, a lot of them are what's called on papers. Um, so there are sheets of, they call them papers, and, and the, oh, they're called green sheets and this type of stuff, and they're just uh, what's called on over-the-counter marketplaces. And uh, you can get the papers on them and say, I want to buy this stock, and there's a bidding process to go through and buying it, but it's not on any sort of exchange. You can't look it up on the on the, the, on the Internet, um, though that stuff is all you know changing now. But So there's places like that you can have. There's local companies that we have right now that are traded in the OTC or the over-the-counter marketplace. Um, so you can buy, for example, People State Bank. And again, I'm not telling you to go buy People State Bank, but they trade in that type of over-the-counter marketplace and not on an index like you'd see like the NASDAQ or the, uh, the American or Pacific Stock Exchange, that type of thing. Um, so, so there's a lot of companies that are that way. Um, there's a lot of companies that are out there that we can buy and sell individual shares on um, that are just uh, not completely closely held, but relatively closely held, but though they're public companies. Um, so, so all that sort of stuff exists. The best thing to do is you go onto a website of a company today, which is one of the easiest things to do now today. Now today, is you go in there and have investor relations, and in there they'll tell you where it's being traded and how you find that stock. Is there's a particular name that you have an interest in? Are, are those companies that are traded over the counter riskier than the companies that are listed on the exchanges? Not for any particular reason? It, yeah. all, it, all, it all comes down to again, um, what's that company's ability to generate profit? Um, um, and, and that's what makes the company continue on. You know, I had somebody say, well, why are companies always worried about profit, profit, profit? And, and it was kind of an easy conversation because without profit, they go bye-bye. And the jobs are gone. So the profit has to be there. So these companies are always looking at the ability to generate profit. So uh, if we take a look at our friends at GameStop, um, for example, um, I just, <coughs> I'm really loving the history lesson that's happening inside of GameStop. And folks, if you ever want to do something with your kids or your grandkids or even yourself and take a look at a history lesson of what happens with um, good old American capitalism and cash going inside of a company, GameStop is turning into one of these great history lessons. Um, so as of late, uh, GameStop is looking like they're going to have promise to start making money, weirdly. Um, and it's because the stock price ran up and they had some capital stock they could sell off and reinvest it back into themselves, and it looks like it's working. They're good for them. Um, uh, but that's... Uh, and they will reinvent themselves instead of a, a brick-and-mortar place where you go rent Being games that's going to be all online and streaming and that? And they didn't have the cash to do it until yeah. people started running up their stock. And so they had some, some stock in reserve that they sold into the marketplace, and people bought, and it allowed them to have some cash to do some reinvesting. And so, yeah, that's all the beautiful part of the, of the American spirit that's coming up. There, there's one thing out here. Um, uh, you know, when we're looking at stocks, and you start talking about you know, stock that's closely held, you may not know a lot about and that kind of stuff, but... There's a company that's still out here, and folks, I want you to watch it. Not necessarily because I think this is the greatest company in the world, but I think what they're doing is going to be uh, much better than we've, we're seeing currently. Now, don't get me wrong. 
Um, we've talked about so many times over the course of the last number of weeks um, uh, about electric cars. I, I don't have a problem with an electric car. I have a problem with electric cars and how long you can drive in them and the distance. Um, but electricity will work with, with semis uh, because electricity, of course, pulls harder than gas engine does, and that's what makes a locomotive work. And people say, well, Merle's locomotives had diesel engines. Yeah, but the diesel engines run big generators, and that's what makes it work. So, so diesel trucks work, but again, you have the distance problem with it. So there's a company out there called Hyzon, um, located in Rochester, New York, and I think I talked about them last week again. Um, but they keep getting closer and closer that they're going to end up, we're going to have the ability to start looking at buying some of the stock. Again, more orders from them. They're building semi-trucks that run on hydrogen. Um, um, and with hydrogen, the byproduct or the waste product for hydrogen is water when it's all done. Um, but we think, I think, in my opinion from reading um, and some of a few friends of mine, we think they cracked the code on how to make hydrogen engines work. Um, and their motto is that they have parity with diesel, which means they have the same amount of power, distance, that kind of stuff, and what diesel engines have, which is like the, the big measure for overhaul trucks. Um, but if they can do it with big ones, then we can now make it smaller so we have vehicles that then have the byproduct being water. Uh, what does that mean? Well, that means that we, if we're going to truly go to a greener society, um, it's going to be better done with a hydrogen engine versus electric uh, because electric, we still have to have the electrical plants to fire them and charge them. And so I think that's that's going to be a game changer coming up. So gonna, watch for that. It's going to be a lot quieter America, too, if we get the diesel engines off the off yeah. the roads, right? Well, <laughs> it's going to be he- terrible for the hearing community because, I mean, what are old guys like us going to do? Yeah. You know? All right, 715-845-2155. We're going to take a break here. We'll come back with more. If you have a question for Merle, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Dear Vet Ticks, it was nice to spend the night with my daughter and other veterans. It's so humbling to attend an event when you feel appreciated. I had a wonderful time with my family. Thank you for the memories, Vet Ticks. Dear Vet Ticks, thank you for a great experience and for your support of the military and veterans. Thank you so much, Vet Ticks. Our family has gone through a lot the last few years, and this gave us a nice break. Every empty seat at a concert, game, or special event is a missed opportunity to say thank you to a veteran or a service member. By giving your extra tickets to VetTix, you'll help America's heroes reduce stress, strengthen family bonds, and create a truly happy memory that will last a lifetime. So when you really want to say thank you for your service, give the experience, give the memory. VetTix, give something to those who gave. For more information on how you can make a difference, go to vettix.org. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Is this tree good for climbing? How are babies made? 
What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Place with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. If you put off doctor visits during the pandemic, now is a good time to call your pediatrician and get caught up. Children and teens need regular checkups with their doctor to make sure their development is on track, to talk about nutrition and behavior, and to get the vaccines they need to stay healthy. It's safe and your pediatrician wants to hear from you. For more on children's health during COVID-19, talk with your pediatrician or visit healthychildren.org. All right, we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King. Merle Kelch joining us in the studio today to take your questions, 715-845-2155. You had something you wanted to touch on? I want to touch base on something, Tom, because we have uh, we had talked about it when Alan was in here you know, a number of weeks ago when we had our 20th anniversary. Oh, my goodness, that's a long time. Anyway, so for state taxes, right now we have the ability to give, Tom, you can give uh, $11.58 million off your kids without any uh, income tax. Well, if I win the lottery, then I'll, I'll be looking forward that's to right. talking to you so, about that. So when you get two people, you get a trust together. It goes up to some 22, almost, well, $23 million. And look, oh, geez, I'll never have to do this stuff or worry about it again. Aha. Appears to be changing. We said at that point in time, and I like to say it as a joke, but it always seems to, to come around. The government likes to tax people that are dead because they complain less. That's Certainly true. Humor. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with that, uh, it's announced they want to get rid of the step up in tax, which is where part of that comes into. So rather than being, you know, some uh, uh, 11.58 million each of us can give, and with the trust, it'll change. Um, it looks like they want to bring that down or make it uh, go away entirely or to some degree and step up tax and that whole bit. So that whole estate tax area seems to be um, in play to change again, of course, to raise taxes for the trillions of dollars that are being uh, paid out um, throughout this whole pandemic thing. So so with it, um, I have a plea to everybody that's out there. If you don't have any sort of a trust work done or something of that nature, go see um, an estate planning attorney and get that sort of stuff done because it's going to be pretty important. What kind? How big of an happen. estate do you need in order to make that, uh, that to we, need to do that? We don't know the answer yet. I mean, that's the whole thing. So um, uh, you know, if you have a, of a hundred thousand, uh, it, it probably is going to be uh, not matter. And I'm not saying that a hundred thousand is not a lot, but if you go into a nursing home, a hundred thousand is going to evaporate enormously fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you got a little bit more than that, especially if you have a uh, let's say a farm or some property that's uh, a lower value and has appreciated up to something, I think it's a really good idea. Go see an attorney, chat with an estate planning attorney. So the documents that an estate planning attorney can do, they can draw it up so that that number does change, Tom. Um, uh, they have the ability to capture whatever that number might be and to adjust itself up and down. So seeing the estate planning attorney may make it so that if those numbers drop down significantly, and my prediction is they're going to, um, uh, the estate planning can have the documents already set up that you'll be able to take advantage of whatever happens coming up in the future uh, rather than being a problem you're already going to be set. And so that's my plea to everybody out there to get some estate work done. All right, let's go to the phone here this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Jim. Hey, Jim, you're on with Merle. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, two questions. One is I read about <clears throat> SPAC, I believe it is. What is that? Um, uh, 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 Jim, the lips just are not fitting here, so apologies. Uh, a SPAC is a special purpose acquisition company. That help you? All right, here's some more yeah. information, Jim. Yeah, yeah, okay. That so, answers that. <laughs> and at today's prices, 
I noticed silver has been going up a lot. Would you invest at today's marketplace with gold and or silver as a small investment, or or is it too too late? Well, let's do the first one first. Let's go to the uh, SPACs. Um, so a special acquisition company is a company um, that is designed that some other company will either buy into or be part of so they don't have to go through the normal process of registering your stock to be able to sell. So let's say you have uh, a company that, you know, 20 years ago sold um, uh, uh, film, okay, you know, like picture film. And guess how much film we sell today? You know, not much. But the company's continued being active and that kind of stuff and still alive. But if I have an XYZ technology company and I want to start selling my stuff into the marketplace, well, you know, as a result of that, I don't need to uh, um, just go through the normal processes right now. I can merge with one of these small companies like this, and it registers itself a little bit differently. And now I can go to the public because this company's been around not doing much, and now I'm just basically going to kind of take over that company and partner with them. And now I can start selling shares immediately for whatever that new product or service is. So special acquisition companies or special purpose acquisition companies have been around for a really long time, just really popular as of late. Um, so it doesn't mean it's something good or bad. It's just a vehicle for companies to start getting their stock out there versus going through the normal process and saving time and having to put together a syndicate of companies to sell their stock and all that kind of thing. So silver and, and so forth, um, I see gold finally came back up. It was up for a while. It came down the last few months and popped up again. Um, but silver is going up not only because uh, of precious metals, but it's been going up because of usage. Um, so in here, um, silver, do I think it's good or bad? Um, I don't know. Um, I look at it in the sense that if you're going to buy it to have it for a short period of time and sell it, I wouldn't buy the actual bullion. Um, I'd go through and I'd buy one of the spiders or an uh, ETF that contains silver. You have to make sure, though, Jim, that it's an actual silver not silver mines silver companies or silver futures they actually have the, the physical silver um, i think that's the better way in which to do so if you want to buy some and hold it for 20 years go find the precious metal and actually buy some bars of silver and have them sitting around someplace thank you very much all right thanks for the call appreciate it back to that special acquisition um special purpose yeah 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 um it's a company that Say there's a company that isn't public but wants to go public but doesn't have the wherewithal to do it. They can have this SPAC invest in them, and they handle all of that stuff then so that they can sell stock and raise capital. Is that well, basically? Yeah, to raise capital, precisely. So usually the special acquisition company is already a publicly registered, publicly yeah. registered company. Yeah. Um, for example, Hyzon. One of the reasons we said you have to watch for it is they're, they're teaming up with a, um, with a SPAC. And I forget which name that uh, the, the SPAC is. So they're teaming up with them. So essentially, Hyzon is going to be selling shares via or with or take over the name of this um, special acquisition company. So rather than Hyzon having to do all of its you know, financials, um, you know, working with a, a syndicate of multiple big companies that want to issue the shares first and having a hot stock and waiting for an initial public offering, uh, they don't. It's just click and they have the ability to start raising capital in the marketplace uh, through and via or via uh, the special acquisition company. So I'm trying to make it as simple as possible to uh, to understand it, but th that's essentially what occurs. So they team up with another company um, uh, that the other company really isn't doing much as far as any other business, um, and they're able to start raising capital instantly. Would you would suggest, in, like the caller was interested maybe in investing in these companies? Is, that, is Are they a good investment? Well, a SPAC really isn't an investment. It's a vehicle. Um, you, can't, would, you can't buy stock in the SPAC? Well, you can... Um, but if we look around and say, well, let's find a SPAC, well, it's usually a company that's really not doing much and probably not really worth an investment. 
But if you now have a special investment, a special purpose acquisition company, that's now taking on. Uh, I'm just going to use. Well, I'm looking. At, I'm looking at one example from last year, a pretty big one. Bill Ackman, founder of Pershing Square Capital, started his own SPAC. It raised four billion dollars in its offering last July. Uh, now that sounds like a pretty big company that you might want to take a look at. Well, they raised the money, but also Bill Ackerman is a name that has ability yeah. and all that kind of stuff to, to raise into it. So, so that's exactly it. Just to start a SPAC doesn't do anything. Tom and Merle SPAC wouldn't raise that kind of capital. Well, we might be able to raise some money, but <laughs> you know, but you know, it, it has to be. Uh, it we have to have the ability to be able to uh, have it be an IPO and on the marketplace and that kind of stuff. All right, we're going to we're going to take a break for some news here. We'll come back with more. If you have a question for Merle, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. Two-year-old little boy, and I find fatherhood both relentlessly On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. We leave no warrior behind. Wounded Warrior Project is a nonprofit organization created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war. Whether those scars are physical or mental, we're here to make sure that they heal. And whether it's helping those with post-traumatic stress disorder live a normal life again, or giving much-needed support to injured warriors and veterans' hospitals. Because no one deserves our help more than the men and women who risk their lives to keep us safe. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that split second, her life changes forever. The toll of breast cancer is great. The need to support those who are battling the disease today is even greater. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, along with Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates in Wausau. And we are here to take your questions this morning, 715-845-2155. You know, I just realized that I have not played this yet today, and I better do that. The opinions mm-hmm. voiced on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through HBEC Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC, HBEC Incorporated, Kelch & Associates are unaffiliated companies, and this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. Okay. That's still a terrible <laughs> Now we me can... reading it. Well, it's better than when you <laughs> tried to read it live. That's, well, you got a point. Yeah, okay. Yes, yeah. At least I got all the words in it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, so, and <laughs> you don't have to find it every time. And, uh, well, that's know. part of the fun. Uh-huh. You know, all right. what the, a... the fun of live radio. <laughs> yeah, 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 the excitement. All right, so, you know, there's an article that's on here that says, here's why the Dow and the S&P 500 hit seat just like that. You know, um, here's why the Dow and the S&P 500 hit record despite a weak April jobs report, an article by uh, William Watts. And so in this article, I, I say it just because there's a number of things, not only we were talking about before, you know, why is the stock market? You know, where it is, it's at highs, is that good or bad? Um, but in here, we have a, 
uh, one of those times where the stock market went up because of bad information. And uh, we have to look at that sometime. Again, the stock market always tries to be forward-looking. So with it being forward-looking, there's a couple things that are happening out there, and we've said it before, is that I think there's a, um, a, a crossroads happening right now that we have to get solved, which is enough people to get back to work to make sure that all of our widgets that we want and the goods and services we want are getting made to start driving prices down. You know, right now we have uh, so many companies that can't find workers. Um, if we you know, look around, you can drive pretty much any place. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and as a result, of that, there's everybody's looking for jobs, but there's so many people that are not working. So the argument out there is that there's a lot of people that are not going back to work because they're unemployment bonuses. Um, you know, some people say, well, there may not be just enough people to fulfill all the jobs that are out there. So we'll not worry about that balance at this particular point in time. But um, what we are seeing is that we have to get that balance. We have to get people going back to work. So the market looks at it and says, well, geez, if everybody starts going back to work, our numbers are going to start dropping down. Everybody's going to start reaching what's called full employment again. And then interest rates start going up. We have to start rising because of inflationary problems. And then it might slow down the economy. So the market says, well, geez. If we're not going up as fast as we think and we have a little bit of a dull unemployment number, which is really what kind of happened. That's not the worst thing in the world. Furthers, maybe that furthers that we have low interest rate and keep stuff under, under control. And so as a result, we saw the market go up um, uh, this past couple of days, and we may very well see that happen again next week too. I think they so. call that counterintuitive thinking, right? When something the <laughs> opposite happens of something that you that don't expect to happen, yeah. That's a lot of big words. Though. <laughs> okay. I'm not really right. ready for right. that this morning. It's a little early still. You know, you talk about uh, diversifying your portfolio on the show all the time. In fact, that's basically what the show is is based on. If we had to come up with a tagline for Merle Kelch, it would be uh, modern portfolio theory, diversify, diversify, diversify. Mm-hmm. There is somebody that is – you haven't been a big fan of cryptocurrency, and we've talked about cryptocurrency like every week for the last year, I think. But uh, there is a company that is suggesting that part of diversifying your holdings at this point in time is diversification with cryptocurrency. And tulip bulbs. You're still on that. You're still on. You're still on the negative trend for cryptocurrency. Um, earlier this week, I told you this off air on Tuesday, Dogecoin, which was started as a gag to try to pimp uh, Bitcoin, uh, was trading at twenty eight cents a coin, and up on Thursday it was trading at sixty eight cents a coin. I wish yeah. I would have bought some on Tuesday. And, and uh, we were talking off air, folks. I have a friend of mine that bought a couple thousand dollars because his daughter says, "Dad, you should buy some." He said, "All right." So listening to his daughter, he bought a couple thousand dollars a few weeks ago on Dogecoin. And, nice. And he's like, you know, she said, who knew? Pretty happy now. Yeah. And he, so, he, well, he's, he's going to sell it because he goes, it's nothing. It's well, right. I mean, but, but all right. You talk about, you know, when you look at diversifying your portfolio, maybe 10% in gold, silver. We had the caller earlier about gold and silver. 10% in gold, silver, and other investments, whether it's stamps, rare coins, baseball cards, whatever. Is it, isn't cryptocurrency at this point in time... Um, stable enough in your mind to become part of that diversification? In my mind, no, it's not because it's it's it's, it's nothing, and that's the part that I have difficulty with. Um, there's there's a case that was made this past week on CNBC as I'm, I've listened to continually as I'm working uh, for Inferion. I'm sorry, I said it wrong. Um, that they may be one that actually is viable because they have some teeth behind it. They can do some things back and forth. It's more usable. Um, uh, so so maybe, maybe that one. I don't know. But but remember, folks, um, these companies, are they're just nothing more than computer programs that people are putting money and betting in a computer program. I think you have a better shot and odds with using an uh, online gaming program, for God's sakes. 
you know, I, I have to be able to hold on to something. For example, Tom, I know that if I'm a stockholder in uh, Clorox, um, if I need to, um, and they go for broke, I can at least go get some Clorox. And with the cryptocurrency, there's nothing there. If this thing falls apart and people say, well, we're not going to cryptocurrency anymore, this price is dropping like a rocket and there's no hard assets to grab onto anymore. So as a result of it, <coughs> I, I just can't wrap my teeth around it. Now, are people making money? Absolutely people are making money. Well, I'm just reading, the, I'm just reading the, the headline here. That there's no substance behind it. I'm just reading the headline here on CNBC. Dogecoin has gone up 26,000% in the last six months. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? And uh, one of the lines in the copy is that Matt, Matty Greenspan, portfolio manager and founder of Quantum Economics, says the joke is on Wall Street this time. What you have is a situation where teens on TikTok are outperforming even the smartest suits by thousands of percentage points. Yeah. You think this is a glitch? You think this is a an aberration that uh, is going to go away? And I predict tears. At some point in time, I'm predicting tears. Except for the people who have sold now after buying it last February. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, I look at this and go, well, geez, I wish I would have put, you know, a couple thousand bucks in there myself. Don't one of the wrong. things they one of the but, things that they talk about with Dogecoin is that uh, compared to Bitcoin, Bitcoin has a uh, has a, a a maximum amount of product. There are only apparently 21 million Bitcoins. Mm -hmm. There is no cap on Dogecoin. Now, I don't know how that works. Yeah, you just you just invent them. You just uh, how, how, how do how, how do they appear? Exactly. <laughs> so once you get money inside of Dogecoin, um, what do you do with it? So why can't we start the Tom and Merle cryptocurrency? Exactly. Why can't anyone? Well, 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 why can't we? Why don't we? And it is. I mean, that's what's happening. All right, I'm giving you that. I'm giving you yeah. that job. By by next Saturday's show, I want you to have invented a cryptocurrency that we can put out why there. Why not? <laughs> well, I'm just my point. You know. I, when you're when you're buying stock in a company, you're buying stock of hard assets. This company's making um, widgets. There's machines. There's vehicles. There's cars. There's staff. There's buildings. There's offices. Computers. You're buying a piece of all of that. And with Dogecoin, with Bitcoin, you're buying what? Nothing. You're buying into a computer program that says we're going to make this go up, and other people say we think it's going to go up too. They buy more. It forces it up. Eventually, somebody says I've had enough. They start selling. It starts coming back down again. So you have to watch yourself now. Where I think there's a play that's out there, and we've done this a number of times, and I think I mentioned it uh, a while back, is look for the companies that are starting to build some infrastructure to be able to buy and sell this product for goods and services. So there are companies that are out there, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to mention their names because people are going to run out and try to buy them, and that's not the, my point of here. But you, know, you look at it, and Tom, let's say you have a whole pocket full of Dogecoin, or Doggycoin, I've heard. You have a whole pocket full of Dogecoin, which I'm not sure where it might be in your pocket or what they look like. Um, but you want to be able to spend your Dogecoin at McDonald's or you want to be able to spend this uh, for dinner or some goods or services. So the company that's processing the credit cards, for example, um, so those companies then are the ones that I think are good because if they're going to do it for Dogecoin, they're going to be doing it for Ethereum, they're going to be doing it for Bitcoin and others, where we can expend those coins that we have and we can now expend them for goods and services which is the whole point of cryptocurrency anyway, is to have portable money that could go around the world. So, so those companies I'd take a look at. Or if I'm going to buy something on uh, eBay, for example, I want to have the ability to uh, pay for it with my uh, uh, Bitcoin. I don't have any Bitcoin, but you see my example. So I'd start looking for those companies because 
they're building into the infrastructure as cryptocurrency, which I think is in its infancy, and I think it's going to mature to something good. I like the idea of cryptocurrency. I just don't like how it's going at this point in time. And there's going to be some tears as this stuff gets fixed up. Um, but I'd look for the companies that are building the infrastructure to buy and sell uh, those, uh, those different things. And so with it, with this idea, it comes from one of my clients. And if you're listening, you know who you are, and I thank you for the idea because it's a, it's a brilliant one. AirTheRoadSafely.gov Every year, Steve Faircal climbs the stairs at the John Hancock Center in Chicago, 94 floors to the top. It's called the hustle up the Hancock. It's hard to believe when you watch Steve today that a few years ago, his lungs were failing his administration. The opinions voiced on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through HBEC Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC, HBEC Incorporated, Kelch Associates are unaffiliated companies, and this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. All right, during the commercial break, I just invented the Tom King cryptocurrency, so just send me money and uh, I'll tell you what it's all about. Well... <laughs> No, you know, no, don't do that. Don't <laughs> do. Remember, the, you're too young to remember, but there was a, a guy who did uh, TV back in TV's infancy, back in the early '60s, late '50s, early '60s, named Soupy Sales. And I know there are some people listening that know remember I've Soupy, Soupy name, Sales. Yeah. He did a kids' show, and one day on the kids' show, he was talking to his viewers, kids. And he showed them some pictures and he said, kids, I want you to go into your parents' room and find as many of these green pieces of paper as you can and send them to me here at the studio. And he was holding up like $20 bills. And he was telling the kids to you know, find all the money they could in the house and send it to him. Uh, the people that ran the show didn't appreciate that too much. <laughs> So, well, yeah, we're, we're going to invent our own cryptocurrency, but we haven't done it yet. But what, we, we have to get in line. Uh, a <laughs> new one just came out. So this is an opinion piece called the new cryptocurrency called Chia could push up hard drive prices everyone for everyone. So I think that what part was tongue-in-cheek, but it's an article written by, oh, boy, I never do well at these. But here's what's even worse. Mohandadid Ahmed. Um, I apologize for the butchering of that one. But nonetheless, so in here, let's let's go through So. Uh, cryptocurrency is big. Bitcoin is worth six times what it was 12 months ago. Um, and uh, and the joke currency, Dogecoin, is up uh, 100-fold price and so forth. So the boom in non-fungible uh, tokens or NTFs, which, of course, is using the same type of uh, blockchain uh, technology as using currency. But inside of this article, they talk about there are now some 5,922 cryptocurrencies available around the world and the total value right now of uh, all Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies is some $1.2 trillion. Geez, back in the days the of... world, and it's all based upon, again, a computer program. Back in the day, it's a video cassettes. We only had to make two choices, uh, beta or VHS, uh, to determine who would win the uh, no the market kidding. the market yeah. share. And, and now they're both gone. And yeah. now you're talking about how many different kinds of cryptocurrencies? Uh, 5,922, but they're talking about this new one, Chia, uh, which just comes out and, and went live, uh, hopes to solve some of the problems of some of the other issues. Uh, Chia is a brainchild of a gentleman by the name of Brahm do you think, Cohen. Do you think we'll actually get down to one at some point, or will there always be numerous types of cryptocurrencies out there? 
there might be numerous, but there's always going to be a problem unless we have the ability to easily um, buy in or sell out of them um, and be able to use them for goods and services. So, you know, it, we talked about it before, uh, uh, Tom, but cryptocurrency, I see a great need for it. I think it's really good. And I think there's actually a cryptocurrency already around the world called the U.S. dollar. Um, folks, I've been in communist Vietnam uh, in 1998, and they would prefer to have U.S. dollars than their own uh, currency called the dong. They'd prefer to have the U.S. dollar. And yeah, but the hard, the hard dollar. I mean, the, the actual yeah, paper in your hand. And so, so not only that, but if you buy oil and trade in oil around the world, it trades in U.S. dollar, and they're not cash for oil and pounds. Uh, you know that whole bit. Um, so, so the U.S. dollar, I think, is one. And if we created a cryptocurrency with the U.S. dollar, I think that would work out really, really well. Um, the the cryptocurrencies is used with dark money quite a bit and that's where the issue comes in so we don't know who is having that money around the world which is part of the allure for it but also that's part of the danger um you know well these five thousand nine hundred and twenty two of them how many of these cryptocurrencies some says well i'm just going to take some money for myself and we're going to end the whole thing and it's all gone could that happen well maybe you know we don't know the answer to that stuff but um but there's no regulation to make sure that it's accurate or if you forgot your 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 password or your key and, and and how do you how do you redo that and so all that sort of stuff is so up in the air. So all those 1.2 trillion dollars that's going into this, they're buying into a computer program that holds or creates nothing at this point in time, and largely unusable for purchase of goods and services back and forth. And that's where the difficulty comes in. All right, we've got some earnings reports coming out this week. Jim Cramer's uh, column on uh, CNBC talking about some of the earning reports and some of the companies that'll be. Presenting those earnings reports. Did you realize that there's a shortage of chicken out there these days? Tyson Foods is going to be coming out with their earnings report, and he's interested in seeing what this chicken shortage is going to do to drive up prices. Maybe we can get crypto chicken. <laughs> Marriott International is another one that he's going to be watching closely, uh, looking at uh, the bookings uh, for the future. And he said Expedia says pleasure trips are filling hotels, but business excursions haven't come back much at all because everybody is still using Zoom. That's probably going to stay the same, right? People will go out on vacations, but business trips may become a thing of uh, the dinosaurs yeah, yeah. here. I have, a, I have a client of mine that's a senior VP of a company. And uh, usually he was traveling someplace two, uh, two to three weeks a month and flying all over the world. And, you know, his boss would be, you know, the, the running of the, the company. Um, would say, okay, we have a problem. So they hop on a plane, go over there, go talk to him. So they go there and they talk to him. But as a result of the pandemic, he said, he said, I haven't traveled um, in a year uh, because we started doing everything by video. And he said, I don't foresee it changing. He said, so it's just easier to hop to your counterpart. He said, you have to adjust your time, but it's just easier to hop onto your counterpart, send him a note and saying, hey, let's, uh, uh, let's set up a meeting and uh, do the video chat. He said, it's just a lot faster, a lot easier. They appreciate it. We appreciate it. And there's no travel in the middle of there. And so I think there's going to be a, an, an issue with that. I think uh, um, travel is going to be down, especially from a business standpoint, uh, considerably from where it was before. Again, a byproduct of, of the pandemic. Disney, Disneyland and Disney World reopening this week. And, and I think they're not going to take temperatures anymore as people come in. Disney's going to uh, release their earnings this week. And Kramer likes them. He says he'd be a buyer going forward for Disney. I would think that, that's, that, that's a no-brainer, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you—, you uh, you know, Tom, you know it's got to be good when you see it. <laughs> you know it's got to be pretty obvious when I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're making a great profit now as a result of Disney Plus on TV. Of course, uh, uh, the, the films that they have, they're purchasing the Star Wars franchise. And uh, and it hasn't been because of their theme parks, which used to be the big, one of the major drivers of their uh, uh, their uh, revenue. 
um, has been closed, and now that's coming up. It's only going to add to the bottom line for it. So I think it's going to be uh, pretty good with Disney coming forward. All right, as far as the inflation situation goes, what's your take? We talked about it a little bit earlier. What's the uh, Fed going to look at as far as the problems looming, and will they take any action? Well, I think at this point in time, they said they're going to leave interest rates as they are and be Fed-friendly, um, as they say, and they're going to leave interest rates as they are, uh, which means inflation is going to continue to keep creeping up. All you have to do is go to the store um, or buy some wood, and you can see that prices are creeping up a little bit. But I predict they're going to end up coming uh, down as we get more people to work and we can start building more widgets. Uh, we have a supply issue, I think, that is causing the uh, um, uh, the prices to go up. We have a lot of cash that's out there and people are willing to bid a little extra for stuff. So the supply is causing the issue as we get back to work. I think we see dramatic drops in unemployment as we come up into September. All right. We're just about out of time for today. If folks want to get a hold of you on Monday, how can they do that? Well, if you can get a hold of me tonight, it's going to be at the campground. Mm -hmm. Monday morning, come visit us, 3rd Avenue on Bridge Street. Come on in, have a cup of coffee, kick the tires, say hello, say hi. You can give us a call locally at 715-849-3600. Toll free outside of the Wasa area at 866-355-5100. Or find us online at...